When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. We have some very nice neighbors. They live right next to our apartment, and their dog had puppies. Mm-hmm. Cute little puppies, little tiny perritos, and uh, she speaks English very well. You speak Spanish better than I. We've been down that road before. But we went over to see their puppies, and they were just a few days old. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Kat said to her, I just want to take the puppy and wrap it in a tortilla and eat it. Apparently, that didn't translate very well, or perhaps she didn't understand exactly what you were saying, but I I noticed they asked us to leave rather quickly. She understood. But you were very specific. Rolling it in a tortilla, put a little hot sauce on it, and eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Cute aggression. Is that a universal thing? I think think? so, yes. It spans all languages. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Anyway, I've noticed that they have avoided us in the parking garage. They have one that doesn't have a home yet, and I'm going to eat it. (laughs) I think we're out of tortillas. Do you want to go first today, or should I go first today? Um, I'll go first. Picture this, if you will. You're nestled in the comfort of your own home. The night settling in around you. It's calm. Mm-hmm. Everything's quiet and peaceful. Okay. Then out of nowhere, it hits you. A thunderous roar. A booming sound that seems to come from the very heavens above, and there's no explanation for it. People from all over the globe have experienced the same phenomenon. They call it sky trumpets. Is it not thunder? It's not thunder. It's as mysterious as it is captivating. Can I hear it? It's enough to make you question everything you thought you knew about the world around you. From Canada to the United States, 
to the bustling streets of Sydney, Australia, reports of these sky trumpets have emerged, each one leaving witnesses baffled. Are they the rumblings of seismic activity, the echoes of distant thunder, or something more inexplicable? It's a question that sparked endless speculation and debate. And it's interesting because oftentimes, regardless of what part of the world they're heard in, they sound very similar. And then other times, it almost sounds like a, well, like a T-Rex from Jurassic Park, but like a a robot (laughs) T-Rex. Sometimes they're just these booming sounds like like you heard before. Yeah, like thunder. It, well, it's not really like thunder. Well, I, sure, it's like thunder, but it's not. It's been, thunder has been totally discounted. Okay, but the, the first one version of it sounded like thunder to me. These unexplained sounds coming from the heavens have stumped scientists and ignited the curiosities of paranormal investigators worldwide. And let's take a look at some specific examples of times and places. Some of the more well-known examples of sky trumpets. Fairfield, California. Residents were jolted from their slumber in the early hours of March 5th, 2011, by a series of deafening blasts. These seemed to emanate from the sky itself. Witnesses described the sound as akin to a trumpet from heaven echoing across the serene night sky with another worldly intensity. Uh, One of the residents, Maria Sanchez, she said um, her experience was a mixture of awe and trepidation. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before, she Mm -hmm. said. The sound was so powerful. It felt like the heavens themselves were opening up. But I couldn't shake that feeling that something supernatural was at play. In the middle of the confusion and speculation that followed, authorities scrambled to find a rational explanation for the inexplicable. Initial investigations pointed to a military exercise or industrial activities, but no definitive cause could be established. And to this day, the sky trumpets of Fairfield remain a haunting puzzle, leaving residents and investigators alike grappling with those unanswered questions. This is what it sounded like in Fairfield. Godzilla? Yeah. In Ukraine, a similar episode unfolded. It was a chilly evening, November 2015, and witnesses reported hearing a sequence of thunderous booms reverberating through the air. Viktor Ivanov, who is a local journalist and documented the event, described the experience as surreal. He said, quote, It felt like the city itself was trembling beneath the weight of these unearthly sounds. People poured out into the streets, their faces etched with a mixture of fear and wonder. It was as if the very fabric of reality momentarily was torn asunder. Years ago, we were still living in Glenburn, and I was up very early in the morning to get ready for work. Mm -hmm. And there was a sound coming from the woods that I was never able to identify. 
And I was standing on the deck listening to this, borderline terrified, but also incredibly intrigued. And the fact that I've never been able to figure out what the sound was is so weird to me because, you know, you're able to explain things, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's just the way the world works. I heard a sound similar to one of those trumpet sounds. I was much younger and I was staying at a camp of a friend of mine and that noise all through the night, I could hear it. And in the morning, I found that it had been a piece of siding that uh, had fallen loose and was blowing in the wind, rubbing Mm -hmm. against the side of the outhouse. Oh, okay. Wow. It was much less dramatic than this. So anyway, in Ukraine, as the news of this event spread, theories regarding its origin and meaning were, were coming to light. Some attributed the sky trumpets there to seismic activity or atmospheric anomalies, while others speculated about more esoteric explanations involving extraterrestrial visitors or even divine intervention. The mystery of the sky trumpets in uh, Ukraine also remain unsolved. Now, you're saying these individual events are unsolved. Is that to lead me to believe that there is a sky trumpet event that has been solved? None of them have. Oh. Nope. Sydney, Australia. Residents were treated to a symphony of celestial proportions on a balmy summer night. This was in February of 2018. Reports started flooding in from across the city of of a series of thunderous booms that seemed to materialize out of thin air and then sort of transformed into some sort of trumpety sound, confusing all who witnessed it. Emily Parker, a local artist, was one who was out for an evening stroll. She described the experience as both mesmerizing and unsettling. Yeah, I bet. Quote, it was like the sky itself was singing, she said. The sounds seemed to dance and weave through the air, filling me with a sense of awe and wonder. But beneath the beauty, there was this underlying sense of foreboding, as if the universe was trying to convey a message that we couldn't quite grasp. Soon after this happened, social media platforms began to light up with speculation and theories ranging from the plausible to downright fantastical. But still, we have no answers. There have been some explanations put forward, but there is no consensus on the cause of the sky trumpets. Various theories have been proposed, including natural causes such as seismic activity, uh, atmospheric phenomena, even the sound of meteors entering the Earth's atmosphere. Some people speculate about more exotic causes, Mm -hmm. extraterrestrial activity, government experiments, that sort of thing. Scientists have attempted to study and explain the phenomenon. Uh, Some researchers suggest temperature inversions or acoustic gravity waves could potentially create sounds that appear to emanate from the sky. However, again, that's inconclusive. Skeptics argue that many reported incidents of sky trumpets can be attributed to hoaxes, misinterpretation of natural sounds, or psychological factors such as mass hysteria uh, without concrete evidence that they remain skeptical of supernatural or extraordinary explanations. But mass hysteria... You know, you generally don't get video evidence no. of mass hysteria. <laughs> over and over and over again. And then there's the cultural interpretation. Sky trumpets have been 
have also captured the public imagination and inspired various cultural interpretations. Some view them as omens Mm. or signs of impending doom, while others see them as evidence of divine intervention or spiritual awakening. But overall, while sky trumpets continue to intrigue us, their true nature remains shrouded in mystery. No definitive explanation satisfies all the different observations. My source information came from mysterious loud booms heard across Fairfield, California, ABC 7 News. Unexplained sky trumpets heard over Ukraine, the Kiev Post, and from the Sydney Morning Herald, Sydney residents baffled by mysterious sky trumpet noises. What do you think it is? You know, I really don't know. And listening to the different sounds, they vary. Several of them do sound like trumpets. Some sound more metallic to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Some are a combination of all of those things. It's really hard to say, but I- I'm intrigued by the temperature inversions or acoustic gravity wave theories or a um, robot T-Rex. Could be that. Yeah. Could be that. You hear Kat and I talk a lot about aura frames, and there's a reason for that. We live in Ecuador, and our family is all over the place. In fact, Kat right now is up visiting her mom, and when I say up, I mean Maine. We got her an aura frame so we could share photos and videos from any device, and they'll instantly appear on the frame, which makes it easy because she's getting up there in years. It's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app, and it's the perfect gift for Mother's Day. Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. It is the perfect gift for Mother's Day. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get 30% off free shipping and their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Ready? Yeah. You're 10 years old and you know something is wrong. Your hands are huge and your living room feels cramped like you no longer fit in it. And Hmm. it's getting worse. Is it ergot? No. 
It's Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Oh. Alice in Wonderland syndrome is really unusual and very interesting in its symptoms. It can lead to distortion in your perception of size. Objects might appear much larger or smaller than they truly are. Your head might seem oversized or spaces feel expansive or cramped. Wow, that sounds really disorienting. A distorted perception of distance. You perceive objects as closer or further away than they actually are, making it nearly impossible to gauge distances accurately. Mm. Time is distorted, dragging on like hours or speeding by in a flash. You witness hallucinations, seeing things that aren't really there, ranging from simple shapes to intricate scenes. This sounds very uh, mushroomy. Yeah, only you haven't taken shrooms. Interesting. You're not Michael Bublé, after all. Auditory hallucinations. In addition to the visual distortions, you're hearing things that have no real source, adding another layer of confusion to your experience. And you feel this overwhelming sense of dread, anxiety, or confusion, which seems natural Mm. when everything's bigger or smaller or further away or closer than it should be, which would lead to severe emotional turbulence. Alice in Wonderland syndrome is a rare neurological condition that significantly impacts your perception. Is it akin to schizophrenia or some sort of related impairment? Um, It's connected to certain mental disorders, Mm -hmm. but not schizophrenia specifically. Wow. And it appears to be prominently prevalent among children with some research suggesting that almost two-thirds of cases occur in individuals under the age of 18. Hmm. As I said, symptoms include distorted perception of size, perception of distance, time distortion, visual and auditory hallucinations, perception of body parts can be altered, and emotional disturbances. Some patients also describe seeing different body parts added to the people in front of them. Oh, wow. Like a shortened arm attached to the face of their neighbor or a third leg. Other symptoms include seeing people or objects moving in slow motion or unnaturally fast or not at all. This sounds like a living hell. Yeah, it's terrifying. Their hearing can also be affected. Sufferers might hear loved ones speaking oddly slow or, again, unnaturally fast. In fact, there are over 60 associated symptoms, but can greatly vary from person to person. Despite being formally described by doctors as a distinct syndrome in 1955, and some symptoms being recorded by doctors even earlier than this, the exact cause of Alice in Wonderland syndrome is not fully understood. It is believed to be related to abnormal electrical activity in the brain, particularly in regions responsible for processing sensory information. And it has been associated with a variety of potential causes in individuals of all ages, like strokes, brain tumors, aneurysms, viral infections, epilepsy, migraines, eye diseases, and psychiatric disorders. Like you mentioned, schizophrenia and depression. Oh my God, that's terrifying. I don't want to see somebody's face with a little baby arm coming out of it. No, thank you. No, thank you. Especially when it's not there. I mean, I'd much rather see it 
knowing it was there. That adds a whole different layer of terror to it. Additionally, it's been linked to infections like Lyme disease, H1N1 influenza, and one study identified it as a potential manifestation of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. I've never heard of that. I've only heard of it on House, (laughs) which I am still binging, by the way. Mm -hmm. Additionally... Alice in Wonderland syndrome has been linked to use of certain medications or substances, although this is much less common. Stress and sleep deprivation can also trigger or worsen symptoms of AIWS, which I can only imagine that experiencing these symptoms would cause you stress. So it's a vicious cycle. It sounds like it. Brain imaging has shed light on potential causes, indicating that it could stem from a malfunction in a brain area known as the, and bear with me, temporoparietal occipital junction. Holy crap. This region plays a crucial role in integrating visual, spatial, touch, body position, and pain signals. And any disruption in this sensory hub due to lesions or neurological issues or swelling could impact how the brain processes these signals that might lead to the manifestation of Alice in Wonderland symptoms. Unfortunately, there is not a cure for Alice in Wonderland syndrome since it is a neurological condition and they don't really know how it works. My God. But in many instances, the syndrome typically resolves with time. Really? Yeah. It just kind of self-corrects? Yeah. But you have no idea when that's going to happen. Yeah, or if. Or if. And then when it does, how can you be sure it has? Well, symptoms might reappear based on the root cause of the symptoms in the first place. Or you might really be living with a woman who has a little baby arm on her face. You don't know. You don't know. Well, I hate all of it. I know. As the symptoms often vanish, either spontaneously or through treating underlying conditions, most clinical and non-clinical Alice in Wonderland syndrome cases are considered harmless. Can you even imagine a doctor saying, oh, it's no big deal? Don't worry about that. The fact that your hands look like they're Mickey Mouse. Also, if you can't judge depth, how do you drive? How do you walk on a sidewalk, especially in Cuenca? That's a great question. I don't know how I walk on the sidewalks in Cuenca. These are the most uneven sidewalks I've ever seen in my entire life. They're just, yeah, and they're big, like, sawed-off pipes sticking up through them. It's almost like they've been built intentionally to lower the population. (laughs) I'm wondering if it's working. Anyway. My my guess is yes. (laughs) What was I saying? Oh, yes. Treatment approaches can involve administrating migraine prophylaxis, like anticonvulsants, antidepressants, Hmm. calcium channel blockers, and beta blockers. Also, adhering to migraine-friendly diets can provide significant relief for some people. But given that Alice in Wonderland syndrome can be associated with severe brain conditions, it's crucial not to self-diagnose and self-treat, so seeking a professional guidance is absolutely important. When this comes on, is it sudden or does it kind of creep up on you? Oh, that's an interesting question. I didn't see anything Mm. related to its ramping up or if it's an all of a sudden kind of thing. You mentioned that uh, it was first diagnosed as Alice in Wonderland syndrome in the Mm mid-50s. You know it had been going on long before that throughout history. I'm always curious to think of how that would have been interpreted, say, during Revolutionary War times 
It would have been witchcraft, right? Oh, probably. Yeah. Mm. And interestingly, it's called Alice in Wonderland syndrome because of Lewis Carroll's story, Alice in Wonderland. And and there are those who believe that he suffered from it. And that's how he got the inspiration for, you know, the eat me, drink me kind of business. I thought he was, he just did a bunch of opium. Yeah, that could have been it. I got my information from the National Library of Medicine, Cleveland Clinic, Everyday Health, and the BBC. I got to read more about that. That is incredibly interesting. And now, that thing in the middle. Did you know that nuclear bombs have made it much easier to detect fake art? Hang on, let me explain. Nuclear explosions release two specific types of isotopes. These isotopes did not exist prior to their release in nuclear explosions, the earliest which took place in 1945. If a piece of artwork contains these elements, but purports to be older than 1945, it's a forgery. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Have you noticed the subliminal messages we hide in these liners? Damn right you haven't. This is The Box of Oddities. Okay, content warning. Uh, This is horrible. Oh, okay. Okay. Vague, but I like it. Yeah. Um, It's a story of the supernatural. And there are very few accounts as chilling and perplexing as this one. The exorcisms of Latoya Ammons. What began as an ordinary life in Gary, Indiana, soon descended into a nightmare of possession, exorcism, and the battle between light and darkness. The Ammons family moved to a nondescript rental home on Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. This was back in 2011. At first, no signs of trouble. And then signs of trouble, but very subtly, strange footsteps echoing through the empty corridors. Objects unexplainably moving from their resting places. Mm-hmm. Typical. An eerie sense of unease settled over the household. Then, and, and bear in mind, this is in December, big black flies 
suddenly swarmed the screened-in porch, even though it was the middle of winter. In Indiana, which is no joke. Yeah, yet it was the children who bore the brunt of the supernatural onslaught and uh, became the unwitting targets of something dark. Latoya, along with her three children, two boys and a girl, and her mother had moved into this place. And the events that unfolded concluded in one of the most extraordinary cases ever managed by the Department of Child Services. The intricate narrative is meticulously chronicled within about 180 pages of official documentation that was ultimately acquired by the Indianapolis Star. Moreover, the accounts are further backed up through extensive interviews conducted with police officers, Department of Child Service personnel, psychologists, family members, even a Catholic priest collectively shedding light on these very, very strange events. Even Gary Police Captain Charles Austin expressed astonishment at the, at the bizarre account, uh, stating that uh, it stood as one of the most peculiar things he has ever encountered in his 36-year tenure with the Gary Police Department. And he is, was initially skeptical, but after multiple visits to the residence and extensive interviews with witnesses, Austin underwent a profound shift in perspective, uh, affirming, quote, I am now a believer. Whoa. Throughout the ordeal experienced by LaToya and her family, countless inexplicable and disturbing manifestations were reported. They included the children starting to speak in unknown ancient languages, speaking in tongues, suggesting something beyond ordinary communication. Witnesses claimed to have seen the children levitating what? off the ground defying laws of gravity in a manner that defies rational explanation. Convulsions, okay, that could be medically explained. The children experienced violent convulsions, contorting their bodies, though, in ways that appeared physically impossible. All of the children and adults reported being physically assaulted by unseen entities, including being pushed, scratched, or thrown by some invisible force. Demonically altered voices. Wow. The children spoke in voices that were described as demonic with distorted tones and language that instilled fear. The youngest boy was reported to have displayed extraordinary strength, such as being able to lift and throw others without physical contact or effort. Well, that's, I don't like any of that. No, it gets, it gets worse. Menacing behavior, the children exhibited aggressive and menacing Well, apparently behavior. lifting up and throwing mm. others. Yeah. This included growling, threatening statements, and the physical attacks on family members and medical personnel. There was the physical manipulation of objects. Things within the house moved and levitated on their own accord. That would cause me to be a little uneasy. Sure, sure. There was fear and discomfort displayed in the presence of religious figures. The entities reportedly reacted with hostility and aggression when confronted with religious symbols or figures, such as a crucifix or prayers. The children appeared to be in states resembling possession, with changes in personality, behavior, physical abilities beyond their control. And then there also were reports of apparitions and dark figures. Family members reported seeing dark figures within the home contributed to the overall sense of dread 
and terror. She woke up one night on, from napping on the couch and heard footsteps going across the living room floor. And when she got up to investigate, there were wet, bare footprints what? on the floor. I like any of this. Now, these manifestations are all documented through official records and witness testimonies. But perhaps even more disturbing were the encounters within the confines of the home's darkest recesses. In one chilling revelation, Latoya's daughter was discovered sitting in the closet by herself, speaking to an unknown presence. She said when she was asked, that she was talking to the ghost of a little boy, and he was telling her what it was like when he was murdered. Oh. And now what, what the afterlife was like for him. Was it nice? <laughs> Despite facing skepticism from most local churches, one church offered an unconventional suggestion. They said that the family should just uh, clean their house. <laughs> <laughs> and when? then, yeah, they said clean the house and then put oil crosses on all the doors and the windows as a form of spiritual protection. They contacted two different clairvoyants who echoed the sentiment. They said the rental home harbored a staggering 200 spirits and advised the family to move. Uh, well, that would be my first thing. I mean, if the house cleaning didn't work. I follow a guy called Midwest Magic Cleaning on TikTok uh -huh. uh, who does an incredible job. Uh -huh. And that's that's who I would reach out to first. First, yeah. Uh, but then then the moving. Then, yeah, yeah. Maybe some saging in between. But, uh, yeah. In a state of desperation, they sought aid from their family physician, Dr. Jeffrey Onayukwi. On April 19th of 2012, LaToya recounted their harrowing experience to him, hoping for some semblance of understanding. The doctor was taken aback by the tale, describing it as bizarre and confusing. Quote, 20 years, I've never heard anything like that in my life. He admitted to feeling a sense of fear upon entering the room. In his notes, the doctor documented, quote, delusions of ghost in home, and hallucinations, along with history of ghost at home and delusional. The events that followed, though, as recounted by Ammons and a representative of the uh, Department of Child Safety, who meticulously documented this in a report, recounted the chilling moment that Ammons' sons began cursing the doctor in demonic voices, sending shivers down the spines of everybody that was present. Shockingly, the youngest boy was allegedly lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. What? This is That's a quote from the DCS report. Suddenly, the boys abruptly lost consciousness and remained unresponsive for a while, prompting immediate medical attention. Despite frantic efforts to rouse them, the youngest boy began to scream and thrash, requiring multiple individuals to restrain him. The boys were taken to the local hospital. During one particularly disturbing interview at the hospital, the youngest boy exhibited alarming behavior, growling with teeth bared and eyes rolling back in his head. He then proceeded to grip his older brother's throat in a vice-like hold until forcibly separated by the adults. This was in the presence of caseworkers and medical experts as well as family members. Do you know if were these people church going people before these incidents started? I'm not sure, but I know that she Latoya was quoted as saying that uh, she did pray a lot 
when these things happened. Okay. Later that evening, during an interview session with the DCS uh, representative, Valerie Washington, and a nurse, Willie Lee Walker, the youngest boy displayed even more unsettling behavior, growling menacingly. He uttered chilling words, It's time to die. I will kill you. Well, his older brother began headbutting them. But the most chilling and unexplained incident occurred shortly after, shocking everybody in the room. And again, many witnesses. According to the Department of Child Safety's detailed report, the nine-year-old boy exhibited a weird grin before defying all known laws of physics. With an eerie calmness and this grin on his face, he began to ascend backward up the wall. No. His movements defying gravity. Stop it. As he reached the ceiling, without faltering, he flipped over one of the adults, landing gracefully on his feet, all the while maintaining a firm grip on his grandmother's trembling hand. What? Yeah. Or had they been involved in acrobatics before? Maybe? Maybe. Walker, the nurse present, corroborated this astonishing event, affirming there's no way he could have done that. When questioned by police, Valerie Washington from DCS clarified that the boy had, quote, glided backward on the wall, the floor, the ceiling, leaving all witnesses bewildered and speechless. And I'm sure shitting their pants, or at least I would have been. Mm. I would have been fudging my linens. Subsequently, police and emergency personnel transferred the boys to Methodist Hospital campus in Gary, where um, this saga continued. The children were placed in temporary care of the state. As the manifestations continued and grew more frequent and malevolent, LaToya again sought assistance from local churches and medical professionals, but to no avail. It wasn't until she crossed paths with Father Michael Maginot that a glimmer of hope emerged. Father Maginot recognized the signs of demonic possession that had ensnared the Ammons family, and he embarked on a series of exorcisms that would test the limits of his faith and resolve. Each ritual was a harrowing ordeal, dangerous and uncertain. In one particularly intense session witnessed by several people, Father Maginot invoked the name of the divine, commanding the demon to reveal its true nature and relinquish its hold on the innocent. Witnesses said the air grew thick with tension. They could sense the entity was writhing and thrashing, and its unearthly shrieks pierced the air. Father Maginot conducted a total of three exorcisms on Latoya, following the third exorcism and a ritual where Maginot's Associates burned a piece of paper containing the demon's name. Ammons began to experience a return to normalcy. Ammons and her mother made the decision to, to relocate to their original home, Indianapolis, where in November of 2012, Ammons regained custody of her three children. They were relieved to leave the haunting memories of the demon house behind. Eventually, I think it was uh, 2016, paranormal investigator Zach Baggins bought the house and tore it down, but he salvaged pieces of its basement for display in his Las Vegas museum. For Latoya Ammons and her family, there's a strong aversion to revisiting the demon house or the land that it once occupied. Are the kids doing better now? As of the writing of this, yeah, everybody was, was doing better. And interestingly, people who moved into the house afterward uh -huh. 
had uh, no experiences like that. Which is weird because you would think that it was either the people or the house. Right. Maybe it was a combination of both things, the right person in the wrong place at that time. Mm -hmm. Maybe she was more susceptible to that. It's hard to say. Well, that's terrifying. I don't like that at all. Again, it was demolished in 2016, so I can't, and and she left in 2012, so I can't imagine too many people lived there before they just bought the house and tore it down. Right. Well, I hope that they're doing well now. I know it's been like 10 years, right? But Mm -hmm. gosh, that's got to be traumatic. Even if, like, and, and I'm not saying that it's not legit, even if it were not demonic possession in any way that sounds fucking traumatic yeah netflix produced a uh a movie based on on that and it's called the deliverance i watched that tonight yeah i think it's available now okay though i am still struggling with our own interaction (laughs) with a demon yeah yeah it was very weird in the hallway the other day yeah yeah the demon toddler from across the hall we were coming back from the store and we had groceries in our arms and we were struggling to unlock the door and uh he stuck his head out of the door from across the hall abruptly and looked at me very angrily and put his hands around his mouth like he was going to yell and then he didn't and i was like okay well maybe we're chill we were not chill no he came out into the hallway and raised his arms up like he was going to fight us yeah And uh, you said, no, gracias. And I said, adios. And he looked at me. And one of those looks like with his head down, but he's looking up. The Kubrick stare. Yeah. And he just muttered something in Spanish that I couldn't understand. It was like, well, I can't even be sure it was Spanish. I, I, I thought I heard some Spanish words in there, but. Maybe uh, it was Latin. Could have been. Could have been. I'm not a linguistics expert, but I do know this. I don't, I don't want to run into that kid again. No, I don't like him. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science and You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Throughout history, royals across the world were notorious for incest. They married their own relatives in order to consolidate power and keep their blood blue. But they were oblivious to the havoc all this inbreeding was having on the health of their offspring. From Egyptian pharaohs marrying their own sisters to the Habsburgs' notoriously oversized lower jaws, I explore the most shocking incestuous relationships and tragically inbred individuals in royal history. 
And that's just episode one. On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. Join me every Tuesday for new episodes of the History Tea Time podcast, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. Moving right along. Quasars. Quasars? Yeah. Incredibly bright and distant celestial objects that are powered by supermassive black holes at the center of galaxies. They emit vast amounts of energy as they consume surrounding material, which of course reminds me of the planet Quasar from Trivia Adventure, my favorite board game when I was a kid that I Mm -hmm. forgot about for like 30 years. And then when I recalled it, I mentioned to my friend Keegan and she bought it for me because she's friggin' rad. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, black holes are regions in space where gravity is so strong that nothing, not even light, can escape from them. They form when massive stars collapse at the end of their life cycles or when large amounts of matter are squeezed into a tiny space. And the relationship between quasars and black holes is that quasars are essentially powered by supermassive black holes. The intense energy emitted by quasars comes from the material falling into the black hole and getting heated up as it spirals inward. This process releases enormous amounts of energy, making quasars some of the brightest objects in the universe. Now in a galaxy 12 billion light years away, billion, 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 resides APM 08279 plus 5255. It was identified as a quasar in 1998 during... Not a very sexy name for a quasar. I like it. No. Let's rename it. Let's let's call it Dennis. We'll name it after your brother. Okay. Dennis the quasar. I think he'd like that. So it's 1998 and there's an atomic plate measuring facility survey that's trying to find carbon stars in the galactic halo. And that sounds like a made up thing. Um, like one of those magnet poems that... You would go on a refrigerator and you just put a bunch of words together and pretend like it made up a poem. (laughs) Yep. Legitimately. An atomic plate measuring facility survey to find carbon stars in the galactic halo? Come on. (laughs) That's not... Anyway. In its vicinity, astronomers have unearthed the most extensive and oldest reservoir of water ever identified in the cosmos. This observation suggests that water has been prevalent in the universe since its early stages. It's a cloud, and it's remarkable. It was discovered almost simultaneously by two research teams, one spearheaded by Matt Bradford from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and the other by Darius Liz, a senior research associate in physics at Caltech. Given that the light reaching us departed from this quasar over 12 billion years ago, we are witnessing water that existed a mere 1.6 billion years following the universe's inception. Holy crap. That's according to Alberto Boletto, the co-author of the study from the University of Maryland. This finding brings the discovery of water closer to the Big Bang by a billion years compared to any other previous detection. You know, when, when you're talking about a scale of time that big, it's hard to, to grasp 
the enormity of that. I know. I was just thinking this morning how long ago it was that we were at Paradise Beach and I called my mom telling her that we got engaged. And that was not that long ago on a cosmic scale. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the research team focused on scrutinizing a specific quasar named APM 08279 plus 5255, a.k.a. Dan which houses a black hole 20 billion times more massive than the sun, generating energy equivalent to a quadrillion suns. Ooh. The water vapor surrounding the colossal black hole extends across a region spanning hundreds of light years. This cloud, with a chilly temperature of minus 63 degrees Fahrenheit, is incredibly sparse, around 300 trillion times less dense than Earth's atmosphere. Though it is enormous in size, the cloud holds a volume 140 trillion times greater than the Earth's oceans. I can't I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. It's very, very big. Yeah. <laughs> it is very there's a lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of water in this cloud. Many droplets. Researchers revealed that Dennis boasts four thousand times more water vapor than our Milky Way galaxy. Potentially due to a significant portion of the Milky Way's galaxy water being frozen in ice rather than existing in vapor. Sure. Using a spectrograph linked to the 10-meter Caltech submillimeter observatory, uh, once again, made-up refrigerator magnet sentence, uh, in Hawaii, Murphy and the colleagues discovered a damp black hole. (laughs) They They disclosed that the abnormally warm water cloud is enveloping gases and dusts near the black hole. And the abundance of gas and dust suggests that the black hole could expand over 120 billion times the mass of the sun. Jeez. I know. The team employed two instruments, the Z-SPEC and KARMA, to detect the farthest water ever found, and the former revealing the water vapor signature using the Caltech Submillimeter Observatory's 10-meter telescope. So this is the biggest body of water that we know of, and it's the oldest body of water that we know of. It's crazy, and it's huge. It's amazing. It's called a space cloud. And I just think that that's lovely. And it weighs more than 40 billion times the weight of the Earth. No big deal. How do you weigh a space cloud? I, th- I think there's a lot of estimating okay. that goes into it. Fair enough. The giant space cloud is gracefully, though, descending toward the black hole, which is sustaining the quasar. And it's anticipated to continue doing so in the foreseeable future. Like, eventually, probably, the space cloud will be eaten by the black hole. Uh, The fate of the cloud's consumption remains uncertain, as it may form stars or be expelled, though, before entirely being devoured. Okay. Because there's so much dust and such also within this cloud, it could make its own stars. And we probably won't know about it for, you know, a billion years or so. Mm. But I'm hoping for the best. So we don't know how much time we have. I mean, it does feel kind of like an episode of House where it's like we've got 12 hours to figure uh, out why this kid's heart is exploding, mm-hmm. you know. And, right, but right. Um, fingers crossed for star making. <laughs> you have been obsessed with House. I have been on a real kick. Again. Yeah. And it's like a nostalgic journey for you, isn't it? Well, I don't, you know, I don't remember anything. So it's like I'm watching them all for the first time. I have the worst memory in the history of mankind. The The other day I watched the episode, spoiler alert, uh, where he fired his team. And I was like, oh, can you believe it? Like, I've already seen this. And I, <laughs> but, you know, 
I I get into kicks where I eat a quesadilla every single day, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. just who I am as a person. Yep. It's the same with, with comfort shows. Sure, sure. You've been on a bit of a roll watching House and Folding Laundry. That's yeah. kind of your zen thing. It is. Yeah, it is. I, I like it. to save up all the laundry until nighttime, mm-hmm. and then... Um, and then I put on house and I fold all the laundry at once and it is, it is very Zen. And then I make my chia pudding for the next morning. My, my Zen thing is taking the stairs instead of the elevators so that I don't encounter the demon toddler in the hallway. Fair. <clears throat> I got my information from things that publish science stuff. <laughs> Where uh-huh. is it? Oh, history.com live science, earth sky and the register. And I do want to mention that earth sky earthsky.com. Mm-hmm. Is the website connected to the old show that used to run Earth and Sky, like very early in the morning when I used to drive to work, like at the ass crack oh, of dawn? On PBS. Earth and Sky, yes. Yeah. And I loved it. But then I found this website. It's great. It's got so much fun stuff on it. Check it out. EarthSky.com. Coming up on the sixth anniversary of the Box of Oddities in uh, mid-March. And we've got a couple of special things that we're going to be rolling out for you. And I think... Possibly next Monday, we we can announce them. I think by then we'll be ready to. Do you agree or no? Depends on how this week goes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. We probably will, though. Probably. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2024. All rights reserved. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.